When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Hi, I'm Ryan LaPlante, and I'm one of the crazy founders of Dumb Dumbs and Dice, the production company that's made the video you're watching or the podcast you're listening to right now. Now we're clearly busy. We're producing five weekly podcasts, Dum Dums and Dragons, Blood and Syrup, The Mythos Mysteries, Warhammer 40,000, The Valentine Heresy, and Curse Code and Crown, as well as three event podcasts with miniseries releases scheduled at random intervals, Dumb Scum and Villainy, One Shots, and the bad movie review show, Garbage Town the Movie Podcast. But we want to take this time to invite you to become a part of our company and a part of our Patreon at patreon.com slash dumdumdice. You can get access to our Discord, access to exclusive DM and character chats. You can get the chance to name characters in our shows. You can even become a recurring NPC and hear yourself interacting with our characters each week through the voice of Tom. You can become a patron for as little as $1, and there's great value for you at even that level. So please, join the Dum Dums and Dice family and help us make even more content Content in a way that you are guaranteed to love. That's patreon.com slash dumdumdice. D-U-M-B-D-U-M-B-D-I-C-E. So let's do something dumb together, and thanks for being part of our stories. I am Executron, god of merchandising, and I came into existence because Dum Dums and Dice has its own merchandise. That's a god pot, get it? Dice? Merchandise? Anyways, you can get t-shirts, hoodies, spiral notebooks, clocks, wall art, throw pillows, bags, and even stickers emblazoned with your favorite Dum Dums and Dice characters and their catchphrases. Go to redbubble.com slash people slash Dum Dum Dice. That's D-U-M-B, D-U-M-B, D-I-C-E. One more time for the mortals in the back, redbubble.com slash people slash Dum Dum Dice. Get your merchandise dice today. Welcome back to Curse Code and Crown, a live play Dungeons and Dragons 5th edition podcast featuring a fully original world and campaign. I am the wizard Cronox, observer of time. Curse Code and Crown features our regular voiceover artists and improvisers, Laura Elizabeth as the Orcountant Eta, Tyler Hewitt as Maka Deathcap, and Ryan Laplantis Duncan Kindano alongside our dungeon master, the incredible Tom McGee. So get ready for an adventure including thrills, chills, and hope for a brighter tomorrow. It's time for Curse Code and Crown! In order to win the friendship and trust of uh, the Fortress of Sprongbreck, uh, you have set out to uh, slay a beast uh, that's not from around these parts. Um, the three of you, um, Maka, Ita, and uh, Duncan, have made your way up uh, to the surface again. And you um, find yourselves kind of... Uh, uh, it's yeah, noon-ish um, after your preparations and eating. Um, so 
sun is high in the sky. Um, it is overcast, so a little gray, uh, not perfect visibility, but uh, also not not the worst. Um, and you're making your way through the woods uh, northwest uh, towards the sort of triangulated site of uh, the uh, frost salamander attacks. Um, do you think you'd be discussing anything on the route or would you just kind of be like ready to rock and roll? I think maybe just a quick little tactical uh, discussion first would, would be helpful. Um, Mako will say, uh, um, um, Jossie has seen fit to give me the power to conceal us, but only if we stay together. Is there any reason not to? Should we separate? Hmm? How, how closely must we stay together? About 30 feet would be the extent of my power. <laughs> oh, oddly specific. <laughs> yeah. I, I do not see why we would have to uh, part more than 30 feet. I, overall, I think it would be a mistake if we were like, there's a giant monster, let's go separately. As long as we're all equivalently stealthy, then this seems wise. Mm. Uh, how close are we approximately to the, or, or maybe we don't know how close we are to like the, that split tree that- Well, uh, we're supposed to have an hour to walk, right? So we can, okay. yeah, we can time it out that way. Uh, Duncan, I think would just gilly suit himself anyways. Like he's mm -hmm. going Schwarzenegger and Predator to get some of the local stuff. Uh, and then along the way, he'd kind of have like, two conversations he'd want to have in the first half hour before, before <laughs> we're yeah, in yeah. the combat zone. So let's assume that's where we are. Rather yeah, than so I think he, like, he, the salamander's like, ah! And you're like, hold up. Princess. <laughs> yeah. Ita, I'm curious as to what's your empire's relationship with the fortress of Sprongbrek? Uh, it is a, a very friendly and businesslike. We We... Have a have a very strong relationship. It's why do you ask? I was just curious in regards to how our behavior could affect the relationships, and to be completely honest, where your loyalties lie, because they seem to have a complicated relationship with the living suit of armor that I have, as a member of our band, brought to Dine Under, where they see it as perhaps a gift, perhaps a holy symbol, perhaps something that was blasphemous for us to have taken. And I don't intend to leave it with them. And? And that could be an ongoing source of conflict. And unfortunately for you, you walked us in to the fortress of Sprongbrek, which means our actions will reflect on you. I so I'm trying to see how you'd feel about that. Well, I do believe that I made my position clear that I had only been traveling with you for a few hours, that I, I don't know you very well. I, I do not foresee a problem for myself and the Empire of Numbers should uh, difficulties arise. Excellent. As long as you feel that way, I just wanted to be sure that that was fine. Uh, I, also will, I also will do nothing to jeopardize the relationship uh, between... Yes, I don't I, I, expect I you to, like, I don't know, pull a gun on anyone or anything, but I appreciate the sentiment. I assume you mean that metaphorically. Well, I, I said I don't expect you to, which I meant quite literally. I don't expect oh, you to pull a gun. I do not have a gun, so that would be improbable. Perfect. Well, I mean, perfect. It, we're just going to take that. That that, <laughs> that works. Uh, great. But you don't want to read out your loadout to her so she knows who she's dealing with? Let me tell you the range of my gun. <laughs> It's approximately, <laughs> no, that's not what I'm fucking doing. <laughs> Took it from the Eberron book. Yeah. <laughs> I debated. So my class is a swashbuckler, which I found on the D&D <laughs> wiki. I got approval from the DM. Uh, no, that's not the conversation we're going to have. That is interesting because I am also a, <laughs> <I'm> a homebrew. <laughs> <laughs> no, and I think uh, Duncan at that point will just kind of like... Let, let the walk go for a little bit so it doesn't seem like he's going from one conversation directly to another where people are not meant to hear each we other. Can, we can assume that we're yeah. drifting in and out of scene here. Yep. Yeah, and then I think he, he'd approach Maka and be like, Maka, our relationship is simultaneously simple and complex in that you are notoriously bad at keeping secrets and we are on diplomatic missions requiring secrets almost constantly. 
this was eased when we had the princess who made the actual decisions who we simply counseled. But now if I make a decision, I worry that I bring you along with me where you may not be willing. What decisions are you considering, Duncan? Well, there are a number of things going on right now. The princess is either lost in a way that we can bring her back or is lost. And the differences between those outcomes have been weighing on me. As you said, I had to accept it. I can't accept either fate yet until it's been decided, but I'm trapped between them. The first, if she comes back, it means I have achieved a height of success that I could not have dreamed of. I've saved the Shadowlands. You know, the Lord of Blades, just as herself has witnessed me carry out a great moment of heroism, all done in the cause of the right and in the cause of the good thing and all carried out by not protecting the crown, by protecting the code. I sent the princess up to the walls and she did her duty there and I fought assassins down below. I had planned before she had disappeared, I'd realized I just needed to be freed from that element of the fourth oath. Because from what I've seen of justice, the oath to the crown is the mistake. The oath to justice is the truth. And if I could be freed, then the Dawnbreakers could be freed and we could be a force for justice that no longer had the political demands of bodyguarding rulers who may or may not be ready to do the right thing. God, that was a beautiful future. But if she's gone, then I failed in that fourth oath. I did not protect the crown. I cannot be freed from my oath to the crown. I will have had a moment of brilliance followed by a moment of tremendous failure. Mm. And I can't let the dwarves keep the armor of Amalekin Solaris. Mm. And they clearly intend to. Perhaps that is open to discussion or bartering. Hmm? Well, they've called it a holy relic and told us that being with it was blasphemy. And generally speaking, I find when it comes to religious relics, people are unlikely to be willing to negotiate. It's not impossible, but it's unlikely. So I'm trying to think of those outcomes in advance. I think bringing back the head of this beast will earn you much goodwill with the dwarven people. I would also seek to further investigate this graying that takes place, for I suspect it is not wholly natural. Hmm. Yes, I'm, I'm not saying let's go back and fight them for the suit. I think you're right. I have a great interest in speaking to this Richard the Grey about what's going on, because from what we've seen, stagnation doesn't do nations or people well over time. And sometimes change and outside theories end up being depressingly accurate. If you are bound to serve the crown and we are not able to bring Gwendolyn back, will you go to her brother? Hmm? I am bound to defend the crown, but if his brother has committed treason, then he is not of the crown. I would be bound to discover if the king lives. Mm. Those, the ways of your people do confuse me somewhat. Mm. As someone I, who lives those ways, they're not convenient or simple, I agree. Perhaps it is best to set these thoughts aside for now, as we have important matters to focus on. Yes, I just wanted you to know that these are the things that are haunting me as we take these steps. I can ignore them for the sake of combat, but these are the times where we can talk, where we're not surrounded by dwarves who have other interests or Ita who may very well move against us to defend her relationship and the numbered empire's relationship with the dwarves. Hmm. You're the only person I can confide in and you're notoriously bad at keeping secrets. My life is not simple, as we've agreed. Yes. Quite... Quite complicated. I will speak of this to no one. Hmm? I would appreciate that. Hmm. Okay, I now, 
awkward, awkward segue question. Do you think there's a chance that this salamander's just like lost and can talk or something? Like, can you communicate with the beast? Jossie has gifted me with the ability to speak with animals and beasts. Salamanders are more mm, primordial of a of an older ilk than woodland creatures and such. I do not know if I would be able to communicate with it. All right, well, let's find out then. That's an interesting question. Um, thank you for your counsel, wise friend Tortle. Mm, it means mm. a great deal. And he'll like rest a hand on his shoulder and then go back to trudging in the moment where he can be fucked up because there's no immediate threat. <laughs> Things sure have gotten complicated since you worked for the poop smith. <laughs> it's a simpler time. Oh, I long for the old poop smith days. Remember when we just helped him murder his family? Ah, classic. The simple times. The simple times. Um, so, um, Maka, can you please roll me a nature check? Yeah. This will be my first roll of the session. How oh, many hey. episodes in? <laughs> Shit. Sorry, bud. Oh, that's fine. Natural one. <laughs> Coming out swinging, baby. Yeah. <clears throat> so, um, Maka, your thoughts are um, somewhat uh, filled with um, contemplating the gray. Uh, you've already seen the the cycle disrupted in in several different ways whether that's the heat of the forge, uh, yes. the weird sort of Shadowlands space. Uh, and I think discovering yet another one of these is is not the Vexing, best. we'll say. Um, but also, weirdly, now you've got a bit of a frame of reference. It's not... You've, it's been proven time and time again now that there are variations on, on cycles that you haven't encountered. Um, but uh, I think what's starting to become more apparent is with all of these variations and all of these sort of outliers, um, whatever is, is affecting the cluster in your swamp could be related to any of these could be related to none, but it's a much more complicated. I think it, you were kind of someone who set out assuming everyone spoke English. And then you realize that the world speaks a hell of a lot more kind of more beautiful, complicated languages. And it's like, Okay, um, so I think uh, as we kind of continue to think about where where um, Maka's head is at with this, that's going to be in the same way uh, Duncan is being troubled by like thoughts of who do I serve. I think to some extent you're also being troubled by thoughts of how does how does this piece fit? Yeah, um, which is why unfortunately uh, you fail to notice the uh the sort of chill wind uh that, that passes over you um and the the large tracks uh that, that seem to envelop your your feet as you step through them uh and it's unfortunately also why you aren't able to alert the party uh to the um four gleaming red eyes uh watching you go past um I'm going to say it's going to take a free attack, but I need to know who it's going to hit. So there are three of you. I'm going to roll a D3 and see who is in the unfortunate position to be hit. Um, Ita, I'm sorry, my friend. It is you. Uh, the salamander leaps um, from the, uh, the mound of dirt that it had burrowed into. Um, and uh, it is going to rake you twice with its claws, uh, and then, or sorry, I think it's going to be, one, uh, yeah, twice with its claws, and that's going to try and bite past you. What is your AC? Ooh, 13. 13. Unfortunately, it will have advantage because this is a sneak attack. Okay. <laughs> but it doesn't matter when you roll a five and a three. So first one's no go. So you said 13? Yeah. Fuck, I'm rolling trash. Second one does manage to hit. Ah. Um, and uh, then it is going to attempt to bite, but let's see how that slash goes first. So, Laura, that is oh, nine points of damage, I'm afraid, because I okay. did roll high that time. Uh, and then it's going to attempt to bite you. Uh, you're a mathematical person, so you could probably tell me the mathematical improbability of all the dice I just rolled. Uh, it manages to miss with advantage on the bite. Nice. So... 
out of nowhere, just like in a in a, a blast of cold and dirt, um, this creature leaps forward, and this thing is fucking massive. Like in like I guess Greek mythology terms, this is like a centaur-sized, like big fucking beast. Um, leaps out and just like claws you across the back. Um, luckily, uh, as as your body goes limp, um, you uh, manage to avoid the other attacks uh, because it wasn't expecting no resistance. It's been fighting armored dwarves for the last little while. <laughs> um, so uh, with that, uh, it lands. Uh, looking back, uh, again, you see four glowing red eyes, big muscular neck, um, sharp teeth. Uh, the entire body is is made of muscle. Like this thing is fucking hardy. Um, and it kind of like stomps down with uh, two of its six legs and slaps its tail against uh, the ground. Um, and you can see frost beginning to form uh, around its mouth in a, a uh, cold, terrifying grin. Uh, go ahead and roll initiative, please. Ooh, 19. The one again. Oh, God, Tyler. 12 for Duncan, one for Maka. Great. Uh, okay, uh, Ita, you're up first. Um, creature clawed you across the back. Uh, you stumble away from it, uh, turn and see it. What do you do? Okay, I would like to start with um, a bonus action. <laughs> Bold choice. Let's see it. I can. Um, so I'm going to use my uh, adroit analysis. Um, so oh, that it, classic D and D spell, first level D wizard. Yeah, the classic D and D spell. Um, so basically, it's it's me using my like mathematical skills and stuff and knowledge of geometry to um, really quickly like analyze the creatures like movement patterns and fighting style. Um, so that's just going to give me like a, an, an attack bonus and and anyone else who attacks a, a little bonus to that as well. That sounds very uh, good. So yeah. Laura with this then uh, mechanically or I guess narratively um, if it's giving everyone else a bonus too are you like describing yeah, this yeah, this, <laughs> yeah, this is, it will, it will literally be like, um, um, uh, it, it'll kind of be the quick, like, uh, I, I, I see like someone making an attack and it's like, so to the left, no, under, go, go up, <laughs> you know, it's like, it's turning, move to the right. <laughs> like, it'll be like that. Duncan is going to love that. <laughs> it sounds like something he'll be overjoyed for. Yeah. Um, this might be a good time, Laura. Uh, to mention to our, our dear listeners and viewers, uh, what class are you playing? Oh, I am playing a savant, um, specifically of the uh, philosopher uh, variety. Um, so I'm, yeah, ba basically it's kind of like, um, it, it, she's got some magic in the sense that it's not like traditional magic. It's more like, she understands like the power of certain like words and concepts and can therefore like affect beings with those. Dope. Well, let's affect this being, shall we? Okay. Um, so I think with that, um, I will just, I'm just gonna like, basically I've got my great club and I'm just like, all right, I suppose I will hit it now. <laughs> <laughs> And, and and just gonna like try to basically bonk it like on the head, <laughs> like a whack a mole. It, if I can knock it out, it will be easier to decapitate. Um, except that I, is sound logic. <laughs> <laughs> if I oh, I only rolled a seven though. I think that's not gonna do it. Uh, plus anything or just seven? Yeah, uh, seven was the plus. Ooh, added. Hell no. <laughs> I know. <laughs> um, so it's one of those horrible moments where like you swing, you know, swing the club. Uh, you bash it and its head barely moves because there's just so much musculature in its neck and face that right. it just eats the blow. Um, I, I underestimated uh, the strength of its musculature. Yeah, I think everyone else is going to feel real confident about taking your combat tips. Uh, Duncan. <laughs> cool. Uh, the moment he heard the thing come out of the bushes, Duncan was already breaking basically to the right. So what he wants to do is circle around the creature that's at, that's like on Ida. He wants to get like in its rear flank so he can essentially shoot it in the areas it's not paying attention. 
Uh, so the the classic military maneuver, shoot it in the ass. Oh yeah, flank and shoot an ass. Yeah, well, mm. one's from hunting, and one's from the military. It all checks out for him. Uh, so he'll he'll level Mister Bang with both barrels. Uh, and then Tom, because I'm shooting in the ass, is that advantage? Because yeah, I'll give you advantage on that. Dope. Uh, and Ida, what does your combat boost give Ryan? Um, so it's going to um, actually it'll increase the damage. Not oh, the attack hit. Oh, Sorry. damn. Oh, that's even better. Actually, I like that a lot. I was wondering how this was different from Bless, and that's the answer. Yeah. Cool. Ryan is so rolling. That is a 23 to hit and a 9 to hit. Okay. Well, one of those will hit. The other <laughs> one is dirty poo poo dum dum dice like uh, Laura hmm. rolled, but the, the big one will definitely go through. Right. And Laura, what am I adding? And on the D10, you may add a one of... Uh... <laughs> cool. <laughs> and oh, if, you're adding, if you're adding multiple types of damage, uh, you can choose which type to add. I am not. It's just okay. shooting. So that it's will be... Shooting damage. Uh, <laughs> 10 piercing damage Woo! from Mr. Bang. Not bad. And then uh, he'll draw his skull-faced rapier uh, and be ready to throw down. Uh, the, the creature... Um, uh, I don't know what sounds a salamander makes. Let's go with hiss. Uh, hiss is in, yeah. in rage and fury um, and cool frostiness. Uh, bringing us to it. Uh, so it is going to unleash uh, its frost breath. Uh, it is going to blast Ida since she's right in front of it and then spin around and hit Duncan. Uh, so I need both of you to please roll me a constitution save. This is unfortunate. Eleven. Mm. I mean, ah, I mean, mm. <laughs> that is a nine. All right. So unfortunately, both get just a a, a body full of frosty breath. Um, yeah, luckily, Maka, dodging, not not maintaining through. That's how I understand. Also, this is a different beast than you're used to. Um, Maka, you are happily out of the cone, so you're fine. I haven't noticed that we're fighting yet. I rolled a one, <laughs> so. <laughs> You are correct. Oh man, but what's the deal with the graying? Yeah. Uh oh god damn it. Uh all right, on 4d10, that is 30 points of damage. I rolled uh two tens, a nine, and a one. Well, I would like to uncanny dodge. I thought you might, but didn't you already <laughs> use that on the hog ball? <laughs> so that's 15 for me? Yes. Right. So um, I am now at zero HP, but because I have um, relentless endurance, I can drop to one instead. Oh, amazing. Um, so this thing uh, turns, um, like, like opens its mouth and just in the split second before it blasts you with, with uh, its frosty breath, um, you calculate where, like, Basically, like the most vulnerable, you you reverse, uh, you do the reverse of what you just did for the salamander. You calculate where the most vulnerable part of your body is, and immediately just get a hand yeah. up in front of your eyes and mouth. It's not a lot, but it's enough that as it blasts you back, it like freezes your um, braided mohawk, like frosts your glass. You're wearing glasses, right? I think we um, they're actually there. I don't. I don't wear them. I wouldn't wear them for combat. Fair enough. Okay. I do have them um, though. Yes. Great. Which so I didn't describe, but you remembered. Thanks. <laughs> I'm the DM. Um, so just like full on, like you're almost uh, Jack at the end of Shining, uh, but you manage to get your hand up in, in front of your face. Um, it's awful. This is this is pain on a level you have not experienced. Mm -hmm. um, I, I imagine you, you've probably done like sparring and stuff, but this is probably your first real fight. Would that be fair? Um, yes. Yes, okay. this is my first real world <laughs> fight. <laughs> Yeah, I, I like to imagine that uh, with the orc countenance, there's like a lot of like sitting around, um, you know, like at lunch or something, being like, "Oh yes, well, um, uh, you know, uh, Jack got into a fight uh, ten years ago now, but uh, yes, it was very unpleasant." Oh, how so? Well, you see, and, like it's just like a very yeah. academic conversation of pain. Um, I definitely like as my hands are up, I'm just like yelling, like the application is very different than the theory. <laughs> <laughs> I smell an episode title. Um, so, uh, yeah, but you're still up, which is great. Um, and Duncan will say for you, that's a, a, a flourish of the cape. Um, 
it's a cape getting hit by ice, so it still like hits back into your face and like breaks against it. Like the the cape doesn't shatter, but like the ice on it shatters. It's still unpleasant, but it's not face full of sadness. Um, Maka, uh, you're going to be a disadvantage uh, on on this round because you're you're you rolled that that unfortunate. Sure. Um, but uh, you hear th- words about theories and applications, and uh, as is often the way uh, with with you and your way of thinking. Um, she just didn't give you enough information for you to properly understand the statement. So you turn to ask for clarification uh, to see this massive, muscly beast <laughs> just like full-on Godzilla breathing these two um, your two compatriots. What do you do? Um, I'm going to rush over to uh, Ita and cast Cure Wounds at third level. So I don't know how I, we, my we disadvantage can, will be conveyed, but uh, let's uh, <laughs> I'll accidentally I'll heal the salamander. Yeah, I'll, um, yeah, I guess with a healing action, it probably wouldn't be. You want to bank it for when I try and swing on this thing? I think I do. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll okay. treat it like a hold. Okay. Just use every system. Yeah. It's fine. Uh, a creature you touch gains number of hit points equal to 1d8 plus modifier, and then 1d6 for every spell slot level. Second or higher, so 3d6. No, 2d6. Okay, so that's 8. 8 plus 5, 13. Correct. Plus, uh, where'd you go? Plus 7, so 20. 20, 20. nice. 20 Damn, man. That's lovely. As a bonus action, I will uh, cast Shillelagh, uh, and my club will uh, become spiky. Amazing. Uh, and I'm just—I I would like to position myself right in that salamander's face, uh, just shield up and Shillelagh sure. ready. Yeah, makes sense to me. Um, your healing magic is—you uh, unleash spores on her. Is that correct? Uh, since this is from a touch, uh, spores are involved, but yeah, it's, it's, it's from, it's healing energy conveyed from the touch of my, my hand, but yes. Oh, it's okay. All, all right. Then, then all, all good. I was going to do some cool melting stuff, but I think we're good. Um, okay, great. So Ida, you, you suddenly feel like remarkably better. Uh, sometimes just speaking the problem aloud is all it takes to, to feel, feel better about it. <laughs> He says from swearing at math pages all through high school. That's right, math Twitter. I still hate you. Um, so you wonder why I chose a character proficient at mathematics. I didn't wonder. I knew. <laughs> I knew. Um, it's fine. I stuck Karen in your body. This is really my fault more than yours. Um, all right, cool. Uh, top of the round. Um, Ita, uh, you suddenly feel str- like markedly better. Um, mm-hmm. and uh, Maka steps in front, uh, shield up, uh, providing a, a wall between you and the, the frost salamander. What do you do? Um, I, I realized like, oh, that was, it was a little bit silly to attack with, with something physical when I can just use my mind. So I, um, all I do is I kind of, I, I look at it like directly in the eye and just say very like dramatically infinity using a confounding theorem, just where I assault the mind of it with a potent word. So it has to make an intelligent saving throw and see it. And it doesn't even have to like understand what I'm saying. Like it has uh, the no, effect I'm with regardless. you, man. This makes perfect sense. And I'm just like, to me, that is like the most like terrifying concept like infinity when you really start to think about oh, it. Oh, I it's... trust me, I spent a good <laughs> two years, I think like Salamander of flop sweat. Nine and just... ten, just being like, but what if but it just keeps <laughs> yeah. going? So intelligence saving throw DC 14. Wow. Oh Laura. Uh so the dice did go in your favor. Uh I rolled a 15, but I get a minus two. Yay. So scraping by. Okay. Scraping by. So that will be eight psychic damage. <laughs> Yeah, that's, All right. that's how I feel about it too. Board now. <laughs> and uh, um, uh, I I will use a bonus action to perform a draw analysis again. Okay. Um, you see it blink its four eyes out of order. Like it's not like it, kind of like a, a vex, like uh, what? Um, yeah, that's great. <laughs> Very fun turn. Um despite the fact you're well aware that it did not understand what you said, 
it yeah. understood what you meant. Exactly. Uh, Duncan, <laughs> um, the salamander is uh, was looking at you blowing frost and then turned back suddenly to Maka and um, uh, Ita. Uh, man, you sure do fucking love when things look away. What do you do? Uh, he goes low under the tail uh, and the idea is he wants to hamstring its back legs with his skull face rapier. So it's literally just like a dive and then it's almost a leap and he's spinning in the air like a, a aerial rotation and he's just slashing across both ankles on the back legs with the length of the rapier. So I'm pretty sure I've seen this in the Mujin tournaments a few times from like random characters who've been imported. I like it a lot. Let's do it. <laughs> okay, the first attack is a 26 and the second one is an 18 uh 26 will definitely hit uh 18 will also hit nice by one i'll, I'll take it so laura how much am i adding you can add seven to each of those nice oh! all right so that, that is, is indeed a drought analysis <laughs> That is 16 damage on the first and 16 damage on the second. So it's 32 damage total. Oh, 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 shit, son. I mean, it's still up, but that hurts. Wow. Uh, all right. So, yeah, you you, you slash out the, the, the back two legs. It, th- it thumps down. Uh, I'm going to say it pins your legs. You kind of, like, kick out from under it. But, uh, yeah, it's a, it's, a, it's a good strike. You've uh, You've definitely done a number on it. Um, brings us to it. Uh, let's see if it gets that breath weapon back. Does not. Um, all right. Well, given that you're fucking it up, it's going to try and stomp on your head twice. Uh, what's your, what's your AC right now? AC is 16. 16. Oof. Uh, yeah. So it'll hit with both. Uh, I'm going to roll these individually so you can do uncanny bullshit. Great. Thank you. You're welcome. You was oh. playing with Tyler. I, I get it. Yeah, sorry. Speaking of, uh, now that I'm in its face, it is in my halo of spores, so it does have to make a constitution saving throw. Uh, what is the DC? 15. Uh, oh, damn. Oh, that is very close. Uh, I rolled a six. I get plus eight, but it isn't enough. Oh, wow. Uh, so, yeah. And suck on four necrotic damage. <laughs> I will. Every little bit counts. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. In this case, yes. Uh, okay. So, uh, Ryan, first bout of damage is this is the one you're going to want on Candy Dodge because you rolled a six uh, plus uh, five. So, 11 points on the first one. Nice. Which is the I max actually it could do. I want to <laughs> try parrying that one. So, it cost me a swashing point and then I roll a die. I ignore 12 damage. Right, uh, so the foot comes down. Um, the the flat of the blade comes up, and then you punch the foot away with the uh, the skull. Great. Uh, I rolled a six again. Sorry, bud. Uh, that's another eleven from the other foot. Great. So I just take eleven, uh, and then it gets a bite attack, which it will aim at Maka because I, I don't think it can get down. Force taste poopy. Yeah, that's true. Uh, Maka, what is your AC right now? Nineteen. Oh damn. Oh, uh, still goes through, unfortunately. Uh, so that will be the ooh, wrong dice. One sec, one sec. Uh, oh, you, you get off light. Uh, seven. Okay. As it just like chomps down on the shield uh, and uh, you feel a couple of its frosty teeth pierce your skin. Um, cool. Uh, that's all it's got. Uh, Maka. Salamander's biting your arm, dude. Yes. Uh, I will cast uh, blindness on this creature. Ooh. Although, oh, is it a constitution save? You just mentioned how fucking constitutional it is. Um, <laughs> ye- okay, yeah. Constitution save. Uh, it's got a beat of 15. Oh, baby. Uh I pulled a, a 28, so... Right, he, I'm not doing that again. He does. <laughs> Dum Dums and Dice would like to welcome you into the Mythos Mysteries, a live play Pulp Cthulhu podcast where improvisers and comedians venture into dangers beyond their wildest imagining. The series features Claire Blackwood as Red, 
Brian LaPlante as Adrian Diesel, and Tyler Hewitt as Old Man Richter in a world created by Keeper Tom McGee. Our story begins with two erstwhile companions on a long and winding road. They think they are fleeing danger, but greater horror awaits them when they arrive. For they are not just running away from mortal danger, but towards the Mythos Mysteries. Episodes are available now. You're blind of one eye. One eye is hella blind. Just toast. Four eyes are good. You just hear Duncan it does from not the back have, It does not have de- depth perception. You can confuse it. <laughs> it can no Dun- longer do magic eyes. You just hear Duncan from the back going, it'd be really nice if someone else would help. <laughs> <laughs> you say from under the creature. Yeah, it's not like getting stomped on and trying Tapped to force it, things away. Um, Tyler, did you have anything else you wanted to do? Um, I don't think I can do anything extra special with my bonus action. Sorry, it's been a minute since I've looked at this character sheet. <laughs> oh, it's all good, man. Uh, for all of us, uh, Tyler pointed out off air, uh, it was July last time we played. We're currently recording in November. I was going to say October because that's the month I think it is right now. It is not. Um, yeah, okay, cool. And your, forgive me, your halo spores, is it concentration or does it just kind of live there? It's just, it's constant. As long as someone's in like the engaged like distance yep. um, as a reaction, I can activate it. Fucking A. Yeah. Uh, fantastic. Uh, top of the round, uh, Ita. Um, one of its eyes is blinking like it's got something caught in it, uh, but unfortunately the other three are fine. Um, it is chomping down on, on Maka, something fierce, but he's a, he's a hardy inhale fellow. What do you do? Um... I think I'm going to um, use disorienting theorem this time. So I basically say say things um, that would distract and um, yeah, basically anything that distracts it. Um, you just so talk what, Tom McGee through tax theory, and I'm like, oh, um, yeah, it's kind of it's kind of the 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 way that. Um, Ita has learned to apply it is to basically speak mathematical untruths. So she just like starts to say things that are just like wrong. So she's just like the limit of one over X as X approaches uh, in uh, as X approaches zero does not equal infinity. And it's like, and Salamander's like, I have a doctorate. (laughs) Um, Great. Love it. Um, I also like that you've somehow accidentally turned math into like a proper like Lovecraftian <laughs> mythos thing where it's just like you just start talking math at people and they just completely lose their minds and are like, <laughs> yeah. the horrors of space. Uh, I love it. Well, I feel um, like it works like for a lot of people in our world. <laughs> it works for me. I'm terrified. Uh, okay. So what do I need to roll on my end? Um, it's uh, intelligence saving throw. DC 14. Yeah, see this again. This is this is the one to go after. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I, I got a total of seven after my minuses. So uh, yeah, so it's good. hella pissed about that. <laughs> Does not care for it. Uh, so it's gonna have um, for the next round. It's gonna have disadvantage on all of its saving throws. <laughs> That's very good for what uh, the party is currently throwing at it. <laughs> yes, um, <I> <laughs> So yeah, you're saying it very intently. And of course, to you, it's literally just the the words and the understanding of the words. But uh, to the salamander, there's just something in the tone and and the concept, even though it doesn't understand the words that just, uh, you can see it kind of like, you know, it's, it, it's working, like it's, it's almost hinging and unhinging its jaw <laughs> in thought. Um, and just like, you, you think you see it counting on one of its giant salamander hands for a second and then shaking its head. Uh, it is very vexed, uh, which brings us to Duncan. Okay. So as the foot that stomped him comes up, he's going to roll back, like kick his legs over his head so he comes to kneeling, brace a hand against the salamander, and then just try to put the full rapier length in, like one, two next to each other, where he can theoretically weaken the hide. Cool. That is a nat 20 and a 19. I mean... Good work on both. Better work on one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All righty. So I rolled the damage twice for the nat 20, right? That is correct, sir. 
Um, Laura, you can you, use your theory you as a You bonus, still right? get, uh, you also still get a drawn analysis. I forgot, it lasts for a minute, so. Oh, great, okay. So what do applies. I add, Laura? Uh, you add six. Okay, great. So that is, so for the crit, it is uh, 16 damage for the crit. And oh. nine, and then and thirteen then damage for the. Uh, it'll be and then two. Sorry. Oh, okay. So, so I'm roll, yeah, because it's two hits. All so I, I roll twice. One second, three, nine. So sixteen and nine for twenty-five piercing damage total. Very good. With a little bit good. of magic thrown in there because it's a spooky plus one weapon. Point, 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 point. Uh, I this was from the Crackade right? Correct. Right? Yeah, great. Good, good, good. Yeah, because wow. I had to. Use, we had to find weapons that could kill magic things, and this That's was right. mine. I want to just make sure I'm still giving you guys magic items and stuff. And since that was done by a different human who lived a thousand years ago in 2020 time, just wanted to make sure. <laughs> <laughs> yes. No, I got it from from the Shadowlands. Yeah, I just slowly scratch out the plus two rapier I was going to give you this round. Just falls into no! the salamander. Um, That's um, what right. the salamander eats. <laughs> <laughs> Please, I've just been so hungry. <laughs> I needed level 10-ish adventurers. Um, cool. Um, so that brings us to uh, the salamander. Um, so fucking hungry for magic weapons. Getting stabbed in the, like, guts and or groin. I guess when you have six legs, the groin's kind of everywhere down there. Um, okay. Uh, so i got to roll for spores. Yeah. Oh, nope. Yeah. Yep, nope, bad. Three. And I have uh, disadvantage, so... Uh, not 20 on the second one, so, I mean, it's fine. Just get that out of my system. Damage. Two? Yeah. Right. Um, excellent. Uh, okay, so uh, I think same deal. Uh, double stomp to Duncan and then bite to Maka. Uh, oh, nope. And nope. Um, sorry, Ryan, what's your AC? AC is 16, one six. Uh, it will hit with one, barely. Uh, and that would be seven points of damage. So Great. I would like to parry it, and I don't even have to roll because it's automatically more than seven. So oh. no damage for my boy. Use them swashing points. Uh, Maka, nice. uh, that will hit... And that is uh, seven points of damage as well. Okay. I'm rolling shit on these D8s. D10s, <laughs> I seem to be burning. Oh, uh, speaking of which, let's see if he gets the breath weapon back. He does. Uh, as you, you continue to stab him, he starts to like heave in confusion about uh, incorrect infinity theorems, but also like frost begins to form uh, that, that sickening grin again. Uh, Maka. Uh, yeah. How's um how's Duncan looking? If if Maka's like trying to peer past the salamander to see uh, thrashing you, hurt but not out yet. Yeah, okay. We'll also you've say see, oops, you've sorry, seen him bloodier than this. Yeah, oh yeah, okay. <laughs> and um, Tyler, just for for visuals, because Ryan has been describing kind of rolling back towards the front. Uh, sorry, that's a very confusing sentence. But back towards the front <laughs> of the salamander, mm -hmm. um, he's within like poking distance if you needed to to poke him for a for a heal. Uh, I think I'll. Weirdly, for just for our own conception of where Duncan is at any given point, um, given that we have um, three sets of legs, mm -hmm. he is in the middle set right now because he, okay. he just cut out the back two uh, on the tail end. So he's kind of directly under it, whereas you're up by the face. If that makes okay. sense. Uh, I'm going to cast Conjure Animals. I'm going to summon two giant vultures. <laughs> <laughs> we, need, we need numbers. <laughs> Look, I'll never not be a kid in a candy store when you use this <laughs> spell. Uh, okay. And also in my head, they're just the Donkey Kong Country ones, so they're like really well animated, but also yeah. badly proportioned. They, uh, they are large, yeah. All right, Dem Crooked Vultures come in. Uh, what do the vultures do? Uh, let me just double check um, the vulture stats. Well, I've got vulture stats up, but I think they might have to roll their own initiative. Yeah, I have to roll initiative for them. Amazing. <laughs> I get 12 initiative. 12? All right. So they're here, but they don't act yet. Okay. Yeah. That's very funny. Uh, great. Um, Mako, uh, what, what does this look like uh, narratively as you summon these these vultures? Um, I think uh, as, uh, 
as Duncan temporarily holds the salamander's attention while it's attacking him before it comes in for that that nasty bite attack. Um, all of the uh, mushroom and mushrooms and toadstools and fungi just kind of like on Maka's shoulders and on his back just kind of shudder ever so gently and spores shake up and they're kind of lifted up by like a, an updraft or, or the wind mm-hmm. and they kind of net together and form the these these uh these birds so they're um, they're like the leech monsters from resident evil zero <laughs> just like uh, sort of a little bit more glowy than that a little bit uh, more, okay all right so more more ethereal and, and yeah a little more magical girl gross. than <laughs> yeah gotcha. than slimy creature one thing i don't think we've settled on like unique looks or anything like that but one thing i was thinking about is i think anytime i summon a creature or turn into a creature myself I think the symbol of Jossie is somewhere on their hide or their fur mm. or their feathers. So it's just that that always that ever-present crescent moon with the points facing downward. I like that. So yeah. let's say maybe for the vultures um, on the wings, almost like um, cool. yeah. like yeah, butterfly style patterns. So yeah, that's cool. top and bottom, love it. Yeah, so they're just circling like vault as vultures do above the the salamander right now. Uh, I've uh, I did that same thing earlier this week too. I love the idea of like I'm going to use a metaphor for this. No, the metaphor is actually related to the it's vulture circling. That's the metaphor I wanted. <laughs> that is what they're doing. Love it. Uh, that's rad as hell. Okay, so we got vultures in the sky. Um, fuck, top of the round, Ida. Um, so the salamander is still like attacking Duncan, who's under it. Uh, Maka is still guarding you. You've just watched these sort of like mystical creatures form in front of your eyes. That's strange. Not something you expected uh, on the menu today, but it's yeah. been a day full of surprises. What do you do? Um, I think uh, the more I can confuse it, um, I think the better. I mean, we um, have established where the minus two lives. Yeah. So I think I will, I will disorient it again. Um, and, and I will just say, uh, energy is equal to mass times the speed of light cubed. And then. And, and, it's a good thing it. Albert Orkstein <laughs> worked so hard at, at these, some of these theories that you're throwing out. Um, I also like to imagine this is you just like peeking up over like Maka's shoulders. Yeah. Like it's just like peeking around constantly yelling these dumb things. Uh, yeah. A hundred percent. Okay, so I got to roll intelligence? Uh, yeah. Uh, and what's the DC? 14. I rolled a 15. No! The salamander knows this is bullshit and will not truck it. <sighs> it was too well known. It was too well known. I shouldn't, I shouldn't have tried that one. Yeah, you see like the salamander, like all of its eyes narrow for a second, and then it just kind of shakes its head. Yeah, you got to do the, the statement that like kills AI. Like this statement is false. That, that'll get him. <laughs> that always gets him. Just yeah, your every computer. You're walking through the desert. Is gonna, There's like, a turtle on the ground. Yep. Yeah. Um, amazing. Uh, okay, so unfortunately, not not the, the desired result. Uh, Duncan. So Duncan has stabbed it. It tried to stomp him with the left leg. The right leg came in, and he like glove bladed between the toes and shoved the leg back. So he's gonna while it's resettling, roll out and then leap into a spinning, almost like Superman punch stab into the middle of the torso. So he's going to aim for the heart. So I'm going to say, descriptively, it's one attack, but he's putting all his wood behind one arrow. Uh, so we'll see how deep it pierces the Son flesh and if he can pierce past the rib cage. So it'll Love still it. involve two rolls. Great. I really, really like the idea of the two attacks actually being a single attack with kind of a dual purpose. That makes a lot more sense than like, I go for the heart and I do it again. Yeah. <laughs> boop, boop. <laughs> uh, Num- the first number, one... wi- number wise, it's two attacks though, right? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Uh, 23 followed by 21. Yeah, man. So. Uh, and add one to the first and two to the second. So that's 11 from the first one and 13 from the second for a total of 24 damage. Damn, man. Also, you're hitting that 24 pretty pretty regularly. It's fortunate. Just love <laughs> Kiefer Sutherland. Um, all right. Uh, so uh, you stab in, you, you feel it pierce a heart. Uh, and if this thing only had one heart, that would be super effective. Uh, unfortunately, <laughs> it, is, uh, it is still up. It is bloody, though. Uh, 
for real. Then I think if we want to picture it, it's all the way in, and then he just plants his legs against it and yanks it out with like a backflip. So he's still in range, but he's weapons in hand. Great. Uh, vultures. Uh, excellent. Vultures. <laughs> sure. I summon forth the Vulture Brothers. Let's go. Uh, okay. Yay. So, fuck, they got some cool stuff. Okay, so they They're have a multi trained rogues. They have multi attack. Giant vultures have multi attack. Yeah. Uh, the vulture makes two attacks, one with its beak and one with its talons. It also has pack tactics. The vulture has advantage on attack roll against a creature if at least one of the vulture's allies is within five feet of the creature. Yeah, bud. Okay, so advantage. Damn. Uh, Just little winged quinnies. That's 11. <laughs> okay, so we'll take the 16 plus four for the beak attack as a 20 to hit. Yep. And then the talons get advantage. 14 plus four to hit, 18 to hit. Yes, barely, but yes. Okay. One. 2d4 plus two. So that's four damage from the beak. Um, and then talons are d6, 2d6, four, four. So eight plus two. So that's 10 damage from the talons. And I'm sorry, I need to get better at this, but that was only one vulture attacking. Yeah, man. No, I'm with <laughs> Next you. Next one, 13. So 13 plus four to hit. Yep. Will, okay. He matches it, so you're good. Okay. Uh, 15 plus four to hit. So yep. I'll roll. These so vultures both... are the best of us. It so is going to uncanny dodge. <laughs> one day I'll get an uncanny dodge. Not from the salamander. Full numbers on that one. So plus two for each one. Wait, that's and, 18 damage. And Laura would. No, I, I only get to use it um, twice gotcha. per round. I get two reactions per round, and it's technically a reaction to two another. Reactions. Damn. Yeah, yeah I know, eh? The second vulture really uh, puts in good work and does 18 damage. <sighs> bananas. Just bananas. Uh, all right, it's uh, it's still up, but it's it's in rough shape. So uh, just circling and like just dive bombing it, basically yep. coming into like Harriet and then flying up again. Uh, bring us to the the salamander who is uh, now just only worried about these fucking vultures. Okay, um, it has to take a con save throw again. Uh, oh, you're correct, sir. For a fifteen, I rolled a one. Okay, so that's <laughs> four necrotic damage. I'll double it for you because I rolled a one. Ah. Thanks, I feel buddy. like I, I deserve to pay the way I make you all pay. Um, <laughs> so it uh, as the spores are like, you know, invading the wounds and like rather than like sealing them up, just like forcing them slightly wider open. Um, it uh, it's heaving um, and it just with with full of rage. Um, I can't hit the vultures. I think they're too high. So it's going to uh, frost breath. Um, Maka and um, Ita. Ita, I'm going to give you advantage on this save because of the giant turtle man in front of you. Yeah. Uh, but this is going to be a con save. Con save? Yeah. Okay. Where are my saves? 13 constitution save for Maka. Uh, Fortunately, that will not do. 19. Uh, 19 is good. So, Laura, you're going to take half. Okay. Uh, oh, it's not as bad as last time. It's still not great. Uh, it's 20. So 10 to you, Laura. 20 to Maka. Okay. Um, but uh, at the end of this blast of frost, uh, you can see it's like choking kind of in the back of its throat. Like it, it there's like blood turning into icicles off its tongue at the end of the, uh, the blast. Uh, sort of a greenish blood that's frozen. Uh, bring us to Maka. Um, it is looking tremendously fucked up. Yeah. I think then I will, uh, I'll try to attack it with my shillelagh since I'm right in front of it and it looks like it's in bad shape. I'm in bad shape too. Um, but, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll take a swipe at it with my shillelagh. Sounds good. Uh, do you want disadvantage on this, the, the hold? Yeah, sorry, bud. 14 and 12. So 12 plus 7. Uh, That'll do, man. Yeah. Yep. Okay. 
which is good because I would have felt real bad. Mm-hmm. It's I rolled a d8 and I, I rolled eight on it, so plus four, uh, 12 damage, and that's it's considered magic. Um, let me know how you kill it. It had nine <laughs> HP remaining. Oh, uh, then I think, uh, it's, I think with it's like coughing and heaving and I just finished like a big frost breath. I think it sort of just roars defiantly or, or I think it's like, like a throaty rattle from yep. this large reptile. Uh, and, uh, and, and I think Maka making sort of a similar kind of war cry just brings the shillelagh up and down. And because it's, uh, it's been magically improved, I think just spikes just kind of thunk into the top of its head. And it just kind of like tenses and then the muscles relax as the life. Yeah, all, all four eyes roll up into the back of its head. Yeah. Uh, you know, in the battle of reptile versus reptile, one came out on top. Yeah. Um, so as it goes down, Duncan, you just like rush in and jam the, the blade in again a couple more times for safety. Um, but uh, sure enough, the creature has, has stopped moving. And I wrench my spiked club out of its out of its skull and uh t- take it take a knee <laughs> yep. fair enough we're out of combat order so do yeah. do what you gotta do all right uh, well we did that uh, it was surprisingly difficult no uh, it's sort of kind of what i'd anticipated you really don't want to let the monsters get the jump on you that was bad form on our part holy balls all right so <laughs> It's, we got to take the head. Ita, you seem to be knowledgeable of perhaps the sales market, and I've read a little bit. Is there any part of this creature that has any value outside of the political meaning? Uh, not that I, you would know. I do this, not. This I have not studied these here. creatures. No. All right. I I have, I have heard. I do not use it, but I've heard that bile is generally something that is good for something. I mean, if you if you guys are willing to spend the time, you could just drag the body back with you and see what they'd give you for it. I am. I am once. I'm. I count as being one size larger uh, when it comes to like pushing, dragging, or lifting. <laughs> you know, what, let's just bring in the whole damn thing. Then that's fine. This thing. It, this is my paranoid brain speaking, so feel free to overrule me. What do we think the odds are that this thing laid eggs or something? Like, do we need to go find a nest? I uh, can can. It bursts out of a dirt pile, right? Mm-hmm. Can we investigate that to see if that's a nest or something? Sure. Yeah. Do we look at his sexual organs? This is very bizarre. Um, the uh, a, a quick investigation of the the dirt pile um, s- suggests that it fairly recently burrowed in here. Um, I think uh, after uh, a bit of searching, uh, if you all want to roll me an investigation check, you can see if you can find its uh, its nest. Four. Uh, 10 15 15 um yeah so oh, this find... actually works out with our character's level of knowledge and intelligence <laughs> yeah uh you find the nest um the uh you find uh some remnants of um the uh the patrols that were sent out um there's uh some armor that's been um looks like it's it's been digested and uh and passed through as it were so kind of <laughs> Not anything you would want now. Um, the good yeah. news is there is no sign of uh, any kind of brood. There's no like, you know, food saver later. This feels almost more like a dragon horde. Like it's just stuff it's collected from things it's killed. So no, you're you're in good shape. This is unfortunate. I I desired eggs for lunch. That makes more sense. I was wondering if you desired more of those, and that did not make sense. So. How long, how, Tom? How long would you estimate the difference would be between bringing a head versus dragging a salamander in terms of time? I, honestly, I'm, I'm like I'm not going to penalize you for it. It's it's it'll right, take we'll longer, bring... but it's it's not impossible. It's just a pain in the ass. Help to throw its arms over my shoulders. I've got a pair of vultures that are keen to help us as well. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Seriously, how do you summon all these amazing creatures? Because I feel like this is a thing that is incredibly impressive, Maka, and you're very nonchalant about it. They are manifestations of the fae, fairy folk, if you like. They are not real blood and sinew creatures. They are gifts to me from Jassy, here for only a finite amount of time. That makes sense. I was going to ask how I do it, but I feel like you sort of labeled that out with the Jossie thing, and I'm already sworn to justice. 
May I ask what energy is used to conjure such creatures? Hmm. Life energy. So life is taken from somewhere and put into these. Yes, precisely, yes. So <laughs> may I ask what has died in order to let these creatures live? Look around you. Everything is dying and being born and growing all at once. It Indeed is it is. Diversion of this energy temporarily. That is incredible. Mm. And Duncan just drops a salamander arm on Ita. <laughs> he's not participating <laughs> and in this as talk. the conversation uh, about Jossie and the cluster continues, um, the three of you drag uh, your trophy back to Sprongbrek and hopefully back to some answers. This episode of Curse Code and Crown Sound was mixed and edited by Laura Hamstra, and the campaign was created by Tom McGee. Our original theme music was composed by Landon Noblock, and Curse Code and Crown's logo was created by the brilliant Decapitated Markers. If you want to follow our players or our DM on Twitter, you can reach out to Laura at EL Hamstring, Ryan at the Ryan LeBlanc. Tyler at Tyler underscore Hewitt, Tom McGee at McGeeTD, or you can message our whole company at Dum Dum Dice. So please join us again for more Curse, Code, and Crown! Dum Dums and Dice has to give a special thank you to the supreme beings of our Patreon at this time. Christian Manicola, Long Long, The Half-Blind Prophet, James Quayar, Charles Grams, Christopher Little, Sue One, George Dolby, One True Artistry, Orion Birchfield, Lord Abradovic, Noel Lewis, Scott Garland, Anthony Griffin, Chet Awesome Laser, Jordan Neesmith, Benjamin V, Gavin and Abby McDonald, Taryn Hefner, and Jill and Noel LaPlante. If you want your name to be added to this list, you can join our Patreon too at patreon.com slash dumdumdice. Thanks to them, and a little bit of thanks to you. The Fable and Folly Network, where fiction producers flourish.